This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. On the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass and and for Skip Bayless to come out and say I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say how dare you how dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness honestly I want to say what I want to say this is the Sam Mays podcast Welcome, I'm Sam Mays, and today we've got Mr. Wes Sims, former Oklahoma All-American. Yes, sir. And my good friend, Mr. Brian Grayson. How are you, sir? Make me a former something. Well, no, because I'm still great, so don't say former. The, yeah. And I'm well, one. sir. Thank you for what, having me. What is your Twitter handle? It's... Which one? I got a few of them. Sir... Oh, sir... Uh, what is it? Sir what is Awesome... It? Yes, that's actually yes, Sir Awesome it's Sir 1986. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's Sir, Sir Awesome 1986. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so if you want to anything about Brian Grayson, uh, that would be it. So the uh, name of my fantasy football team was The Great One. T-H-A-G-R-A-Y is part of my name. A T and the one. And by the way, I did send you yeah, I saw a snapshot. I know. You won again. Recognize Congratulations. greatness. Congratulations. Yeah. Just kill it. Recognize the greatness. Happy uh, Happy New Year, everyone. You know, this is the uh, this, the podcasting got a little bit difficult in December just with family, right? It's that time of the year we all take a little bit of a break. So Wes and I haven't had a chance to sit down and really kind of look at 2020 and kind of escort ourselves into 2021. And uh, Brian is, like I said, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Grayson, and I met uh, almost 10 years ago as I was working for the Sports Animal here in Oklahoma City. And Brian came in, introduced himself just as somebody wanted to say hi to you know, a kid that was getting started in Oklahoma City and since then has been a friend and, and mentor of mine. And you know, the more I, I do podcasts, the more I realize that people just kind of want me to be real and true and who are you type of thing. And, well, this is who I am. Yeah, Wes is one of my best friends, and Brian has been a mentor of mine for, like I said, a decade. And uh, we're just going to kind of chop it up a little bit, talk and, about. And please don't blame me for any of the bad decisions he's made. Well, yeah, which has been a bunch of those. Did not confer with me. Yeah, there's been a bunch of those. No For the record, all yeah. of them. Yeah, growing just up, just everyone. Yeah, it took me a minute to kind of get myself correct. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But uh, yeah, so I'm happy to have you guys. We're here at Ned Starlight Lounge in Oklahoma City, one of my favorite locations. Wes and I are here quite a bit. Uh, Ned is a is a good old boy, and hopefully we get to see him here in a little bit as he'll come in and talk with us just to kind of say hi. But uh, good yeah, old food at Ned. Yes, the food's incredible, and just a cool place to kind of just sit and chat. Like that's why I like coming in here. It's conversational. It's you know just kind of place to get to go and relax. Little people leave you alone, and just cool cool spot here in Oklahoma City. Ned Starlight Lounge. How was the food? The food was delicious. I must I must admit. Yeah, I I got good taste. I was pleasantly surprised. I want you to say Ohio guys have good taste. I was presently surprised. Wes, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah. Great to have you. I, I, I appreciate the text and you inviting Sam, me. So. Yeah. What, what were the balls called? Aaron Cheney. Yeah. Yeah, so I went outside he and talked to the my. Name of that, I, I, what's yeah. the team? Uh, we called it everything. I called but it that. every kind of any Cheney and Teeny I could, and they just looked at me like I was shit nuts. Yeah. And I was like, hey. He I was sitting outside something. to talk to my, my little girl. Cool. Would you tell him, just say meatballs? You could have just said that. And I should have just said, like, meatballs, though. Aaron and G's they probably would have got it. 
it looks like meatballs, and then you it cut into it, and it's, I it's, don't want to describe what it looks like, but it tastes amazing. It's risotto. It's something. Looks like Dr. Pimple Popper, but God, that shit is good. Here. It is a lot good. It was delicious. Yeah, I will say Just that. when you cut it in half, just look away for a minute, and then come back and accept it and eat it. What is wrong with you? It does Close not look okay when that shit starts pouring out of there. I'm just going to tell you, dude. It's like... It's like when people tell you, oh, my God, watch childbirth. It's the greatest thing ever. It's not Bullshit. the greatest thing ever. No, I, yeah. I, I knew that is carnal. That if it I were not to okay. that, that I would never venture there again. So if, when the, the doctor asked me that I want to look, I was like, when he asked me if I wanted to look, I said, absolutely not. Right. I, uh, I looked down one time. Well, that's the problem. my right? dreams. So they have the curtain. Wes and I were blessed with height. Mr. Grayson... It's just blessed. <laughs> it's just blessed. It's blessed. So, unfortunately for us, there was no choice to not see, right? And so you look down and you're like, oh, well, that that's your whole uterus. Yeah. Yeah. Just there. I, listen, I told him, I, I paid you there to do it. Yeah. You don't All need my over, help, and right? I don't need to see it. I trust your did you judgment. you cut the cord? I, yes, I did. Did you cut the cord? You, I did. Wes? I did cut the cord. Uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about scenes from The Exorcist after that shit. Oh happened. yeah, it was terrifying. It was fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. Both, just, and both mine were yeah. There was unpleasant about that. It was yeah. like a human yeah. being bomb went off. There's a lot of color inside the human body. Well, and the other problem is know, like it's a colorful thing. I still when don't I know had that, kids, I told my you babies I didn't, didn't come out right. Neither one of them wanted to come out just easily. Yeah, and then neither one of them came out breathing. Oh. So when the daughter came out, they had to like put the plunger on her ass to suck her out. I don't know what it's called, but it's some weird looking shit. And I'm like, fuck you. I can't believe somebody told me to look at this. And right. I had done looked away, but nice. I see them coming in with apparatuses and explaining shit. And so they pull this little girl. This is my little girl. And they pull her out. And it looks like something from the movie fucking Alien. She's purple. And they've sucked her head back. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, you did that. I was like, uh, and they're like, do you want to be with your daughter? And I was like, I, I, I'm going to make sure this one's okay. I can make another one of those. I don't know what the fuck that was. And yeah. so they get her, you know, get her breathing, comes back to normal, and the head comes back. And I right. was like, oh, I was like, man, I thought I was getting some real payback for some shit I'd done. <laughs> but, my man, when my son came out, I mean, they didn't have to, you know, get the fucking plunger out or the jaws of life or anything. But, I mean, that little fucker came out, but he, his ass wasn't breathing either. It's like that little score of one to ten they come out with. Both of them were a fucking zero. Like oh. they wouldn't give them a score until they were out for like three minutes because it was a zero and they didn't want us to freak out. And I was like, "Motherfucker ain't breathing just like the other one. Slap him on the ass. Whatever you got to do, make it happen." That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So no, mine were, mine after bad, two, we were like, bad. "Fuck that, dude. We're we're two and zero. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like ours don't come out. Baby right. girl just got here. She actually tried to get here early. And now yeah. I'm trying to get rid of her. She's still here, by the way. <laughs> and I can't get rid of her. But to your point, Wes, you can't criticize your kids for not wanting to come out because that's how they were made. Your, un- your unwillingness to oh, come out of there. I know. So I don't blame them. I don't, I don't blame I know, them. I've, I know what I've done in my <laughs> that's, life. That's, so how they all, I was like, that's how they all got here. When it came out, I was come like, out everything short of horns on its head was <laughs> what I was basically expecting. And that's what I got. And I was like, oh, fuck me. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. I was like, Chelsea, I love you so much. I don't know what we did. 
Oh, yeah. Done after two. That's Brian's 65, yeah. so he's definitely done. That's a wrap. Yeah. Shooting blanks over there. Yeah, he's 112. That's not true. <laughs> like, oh. That's not true. It's like, he shoots that out. You got to mix it with some water before you can put it in there. It's just That's nuts, right? absolutely. It's like, you got to fix some shit. I'm going to have my attorney call you. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to spread that out. Oh, no. Brian is... Uh, <laughs> Brian is... I'm, I'm, yeah, if I had to guess, Brian will be fertile too. He's 102. Yeah. He definitely lived that long. Like two. Just, just, look at he's still active and fit. I'm like, I how try. old are you? 60? Bullshit. 53. Wes, again, thank you for <laughs> inviting like a, me. Yeah, <laughs> love to have you. Hello, I'm 39, and I'm like, this dude looks I, like I, he I could run 5K. I will be 53 this year, sir. 53 years old. Yeah. 53. <sighs> I'll be 39. You'll be 39 also. I'm already there. You're already there. You'll be 40 this year. Yeah. You'll be 40 and 21? It's happening. Wait, what day? The 8th. Of what? Same month. January? No. Your April. Month. Yes. Oh, we're getting lit. It's getting weird. Yeah, Mr. Race, we're going to go to the lake house. I don't like the way no. that you turned around and looked at me. I, we're going to go to the lake house and get weird. We're getting to the lake house, Brian. Uh, I'm just so just take off from the 8th to the 15th <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of <wild>. April. <laughs> it's going to get weird. <laughs> Chelsea's birthday is the 13th. I'm going to have to oh, we're gonna split gonna, it up somewhere in there. We're doing a three-way birthday party. Let's just go straight through. Big shit bash everybody. Yeah, that's it. Brother Grayson, you win. How many times have I asked you to come hang out with me on my birthday? Yeah, I'll, which I'll is wait. smack dab in the middle of August. Man, he's had a fuck time. Like, literally. You might be Like, right in the middle shit. of August. Literally. <laughs> on a Friday, every single time. And I'm doing high school something or something every single time. In January? It's, it's First in of all, August. You're a oh, bit old. Yeah, August. Chasing high school girl, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to help you out. Oh. Look at you. What? I'm sorry. Look, trying to act crazy. It's called the Sam Hayes podcast. I apologize. <laughs> Again, Wes, thanks for having me. Yeah. Look, Let's. Uh, <laughs> so glad you can make it out. This tonight. is this is why I want I want this podcast to go. This is where uh, I feel like it's you know once again just me and my buddies just kind of so chopping it up. Really fast car on an icy road. Yeah. Let's let it go. So the childbirth <laughs> stuff you gotta love it. Uh, yeah. Or at yeah. least the act of making. I'm sure when Brian it's was that, born, it's that parenting. Watch out. Like when you look at first of all, I'm sure that Brian's mother was an absolute saint. Saint. Uh, Horrible choice in men, but yeah. sank. Just kidding. Uh, I loved my dad, too. You know, Wes and I wouldn't know what it was like to be born, you know, physically challenged. It is, because car- <laughs> carrying that around at such a young age. <laughs> As we sit here. Like, you need a Fisher-Price you know wheelbarrow to get like, around the house. So, like, Brian, you and Wes would get along brilliantly, and you would be even funnier on a golf course because Wes is, like, unfiltered. Well, now I've got to be the D1 All-American NFL player that I was. So he will talk to his opponents, bro, like up to the tee box, like the entire time. I'm like, what? Like we're out at JR's. We're playing with some normal cats. I got to bring you down to my level. And Wes is like. Bring you down. Letting these dudes. Hey, how you feeling? You know, what's going on tonight? What are you thinking about? How you feeling about this game? I don't know about that backswing. Doesn't look great. I'm like, bro, you don't know. We don't know those dudes. And they're they're clear. You know, we're in a golf cart. The tires are flat. Like the, the yeah. fact that it made it through all nine holes. We're the only gravity. guy. Yeah. We're the only twosome in the foursome. All four twosomes that have the golf. Cart. Have a cart. So now we're <laughs> sitting in the cart. And we're talking shit. Clearly in the intoxicated. Talk, yeah, Brian fits in well. He fits in well. Tunes in the cart. Tunes in the cart. Drinks in the cart. Drinks in the cart. All libations available in the cart. Yeah. Everybody else is walking. A lot of shit talking. We're talking shit. Yeah. We made a lot of friends that night. Brian can't play golf that well. 
That's, that's a true statement, but I'm going to tell you why. Like me. Like, he's probably not play the same way. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm better. Yeah. Just but bring this down to this, your this, level. This is what I will tell you. I tell everyone I treat golf in the same manner that I would treat a buffet. It makes no sense for me to go to a buffet and eat less. So it makes less sense for me to go play 50 to more bucks to play golf and not hit the ball as often as I can. So for me, golf is like a buffet. I'm, I'm not going to spend the money to not hit that ball as often as I can. That's why I'm not good. It's I'm more my of a, choice. Give me all the course. Let's play the tips. Fuck it. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just going to try to hit it as hard as I fucking as can. As far as I can, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, Let's I want make you to take that short course. And pull it down toward your chest. All right. Yeah, pull it in a little bit. And then he needs yeah. a little a little tilt because he has to lean back down a little bit. Valid. There you oh go. God, and now tilt that thing up towards your face. And again, yep. can you use just other think words? of me. There it is. And lean in a little words. bit. Very, lean in. Lean in so I can hear that voice crisply. How about that? There it is. Is that it? Is that better? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just I'm, I'm, Brian, I'm trying for that not to be a stampede. Let it tickle the chin up here. Talking about who is that we hear on the mic now? And Wes, don't do that. Take, I did hear you. Don't, yeah. don't, yeah. Do uh-huh. don't do that. Don't do that. Let the, <laughs> let him be the, the let that, here. Let that salt I, I, pepper I, I, have a little bit I, of I life. Platinum. I like. I like platinum. Platinum. <laughs> I like platinum. Hey, Brian looks good though. He looks. I good. like platinum. Let's uh, let's take a look back. Right, twenty twenty, uh, probably the most challenging year that any of us have oh, ever without had. Without a doubt, and in my doubt. life for sure, there's no question. Uh, twenty twenty came with. Um, you know, divorce to me. Twenty twenty came with, uh, you know, a, a summer of social justice. Being an African American male in uh, Oklahoma City, and as a as a sports talk radio host, and and talking to people that have never necessarily been talked to right. you know, about social justice the way that it has. Uh, a football season that wasn't promised. A year of press box for me that were six feet apart. Right. Uh, a college football season that, for the first time in the last decade, I haven't stepped on a football field. I didn't uh, go to a game as a season I, ticket I caught holder. three games this year. Yeah. Did not go to a game. Three games. COVID has been a bitch, you know, to, for, for for a lack of a better word. Yes. Yeah. But I, at least we got football. Yep. And we're all not dead from the China virus. Right. Which a is, lot of shit hits the fan. Yeah. People took salaries, pay yeah. cuts. Also, hundred K in COVID. Right. Jobs lost. A home, you know. Like it. I mean, there's a I lot. I had to switch industries, go back to school, reinvent myself in this 2020. And one thing that I discuss with our kids, and I'm like, and that's why it's important about the decisions you make early on, because no matter how well you're doing, at some particular point in time, there's a leveling off, if not a downward slope, and you've got to be able. To use the same skills and ingenuity you had to get yourself back, and so ultimately we sitting here in 2021. We still have homes. We still have our health. We still have our family. Absolutely. And that's uh, and that's the thing that I've told most people to focus on. We we've made it through it right. to an extent. You know, things are still not great, but I think being resilient and being able to readjust, re-navigate, and to continue to move forward. That's where I probably think the everybody business. at this table is. We're all hustlers. Yeah, oh, we're gonna find a, a way to make right, it. Right, right, We're gonna find. We're gonna find something. Yeah, that we can hustle to make it. There's no doubt. But man, it just sucks it got, when that sneaks up on yeah, you. Yeah, it's that like sucker punch. That's <laughs> what you gotta do. <laughs> that was that was like, definitely a sucker punch. God. Nobody was expecting that, and I, I I think we were on the front end very short sighted. We had no idea 
how long this was going to last. Right. And I, I'm of the opinion that, much like a few of the other things that we've seen, like 9-11 and things of that nature, Katrina, life as we know it is not going to be the same. Vaccine or not, the way we move on our day-to-day is going to be completely different than There's anything we've ever businesses experienced. businesses all over the world that realize they don't need office space now. They can operate right, exactly. just full-on remote. I mean, my company can do that, but that's that's not the debate. What our company was built on, you know, it was built right. on, you know, a family home, close brand, right, local, right. And so we like having people in the office. Whereas bigger corporations and stuff, it's like, hey, if you can log in, you know, we can see a picture every once in a while. Make sure you got some clothes on. I mean, hell, what else do you need? Right. What was surprising to me is how many industries weren't equipped for this from that standpoint in this age of technology right how difficult the front end of that was getting adjusted to that and even in a lot of the telecommunications industries it was still a tough transition getting their employees set up to be able to work remotely now that did surprise me given like i said where we are technically in this day and age that that was such a difficult transition such yeah and i mean but it was for some people, it was as simple as finding out what the hell Zoom was for the first time. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. this shit was there, right? but nobody had, you know, we had access to it, but we didn't know we what it was. Nobody ever used, used it. it. We're like, can I use it on a phone, an iPad? What do you, oh, I can use it on anything? Can I put it on this TV? Like, what the hell's going on? You man? know, I think in the last, let's say 60, 70 years, we have lost sight of our humanity. Right? Oh, without a doubt. We are, we are Americans. We are Democrats. We are Republicans. We are black. We are white. You know, we are these small niche groups that we put right. ourselves into that make our own communities, right? right? That's what we are. And everything in between black and white. Right. There's a lot of us. There's no doubt. And, and the reality is I'm more aware of my humanity, the fact that I am no different than right. Sam, who is in England right now on right. a complete lockdown. Right, right, has no ability to move. His family is back in their apartments, and they're done for the until the foreseeable future. Eating radish. Dealing with this pandemic, right. we are it's no the only thing you can right? grow is shit underground because well, it rains right. every day, like, like Seattle, and it's cold. Like humans are, you know, my whole athletic career, I felt like I was the biggest and the baddest and most right. physical. I was invincible. Right. And reality is, humanity right. is fragile. Well, COVID was the great equalizer because it hit you no matter what your economic circumstance was. No matter what. It didn't matter how great your insurance it hit was. You right, right in the mouth. It how was much money you were making. You, you could have insurance and not be able to get into the hospital because the hospital yeah. beds were all full. Yeah. We, we were lucky that we had individual insurance last year. Right. Just because, not related, my wife took a package to leave her job. And they gave us money, and we went and found individual insurance. Right. And so we were lucky because a lot of people that just got let go, it was like, hey, you got it for a couple months, and then, right. you know, right. go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, pretty it's much. It's like, goddamn. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. I mean, we're just, you know, and I think that some people are handling it better than others. You know, the mental health conversation in right. 2020 has raged right. rapidly. Like, we're talking, I did a podcast here, the last one I did, with Rachel Barbell. She's a former you know, sportscaster, ESPN, CBS, and she's got this this movement called Changing the Narrative, and she's going around the college campuses talking about mental health. Like, imagine what it is today, right? Give me give me January 5th, 2020. You are a co- collegiate athlete. You are a redshirt freshman going into your first spring where you have a chance to get on the field, 
right? And now you've lived through a COVID season. Right. You've lived through online classes. You're looking at your spring semester, which has been altered from the fall semester because now they're trying to figure out how to do this thing long term. You've got a college football season in front of you where you're expected to contribute, right? Right. If you're at Oklahoma or Clemson or Alabama, the expectation is for you to play it's as a redshirt. Still the same, bro. The mental health of our college athletes. Come on now, somebody check on. Them. Right. Someone check but, on those kids. What you about know, these high school kids coming in like mid season? Right. right. I mean, that's a culture shock in and of itself, right. and now it's like you walk straight into boot camp right. for the unforeseeable future. Right. But the problem even there is that normally kids can look to the adults on how to behave, and we as we don't a group know of adults, and there are many of us that behaved badly. You're right. Yeah. During COVID, you know, yes. we got And we got sucked into different debates about different things, and – so our kids didn't have a blueprint on how they should handle it. Right. And so then they're left to their own understanding, which is a dangerous thing. Fast, so. fast forward to uh, let's go with the 35-year-old Oklahoma City sheriff who's white, who has dreamt his whole life to be a police officer, and he's a damn good one. He's a part of his community. He loves everyone. He just wants to serve and protect. White? Imagine, white guy. Imagine okay. being him, and now when that dude gets dressed every day, He's freaked the fuck out, right. right? He is freaked out because now the world, the entire country, like it, people don't want it. People want to act like the Black Lives Matter movement was about black people against the police. Look, no right. one likes the fucking police, right? Yeah. Like if we learned yeah. anything, if we learned anything, no one likes the police. We right. learned that in the last nine months. Right. So imagine being that guy who's like got his dream job. He's happy to be a part of his society. What's his mental health like? Right. You know, we need to be checking on people. And I feel like people are going unchecked because we're so busy trying to figure out where the door is for this thing. Exactly. How do we get out? I mean, that guy's not, he's not walking on eggshell. He's walking on thumbtacks. Yes. I mean, you can't do right. anything right. Right. And that's how good guys become bad guys. The best right. thing right. you can do is not fuck up that day. Right. And then that's it. You can't do anything good. Yeah. And then, and then you, you go to the east side of town. And you're still, like, for me, look, I'll give you my prime example for me. I'm a 38-year-old black man in Oklahoma City. Since that whole thing went down this summer, I get some sort of racist email or Facebook message every single day. Someone's saying this or that right. or whatever every single day. And so I get pulled over or cut off by somebody, and there's a rebel flag on their door. I'm thinking, is this, the, is this that moment? Yeah. Because I got on the radio and said something that was like, it's no longer safe to be a racist right. or a bigot. Right. Right? It's no longer safe to be yeah. that way. Isn't and this so the what? Guy. Right. But and, it, oh, he said that. It goes back to, though, and you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about humanity. We, we attribute a lot of the issues that we have in society to politics and things of that nature. It's, it basically boils down to a complete and utter lack of humanity that has come from us being polarized because of our religious beliefs and our politics when ultimately there, there's what's the saying that you know you have to earn respect and I'm like that's that's not that's not true you earn disrespect because if I when I walked in here today and I almost if I almost bumped into somebody I would extend them the courtesy and the respect of saying excuse me right treat everybody it's, how you want right, to be treated. right what is earned is disrespect and so we're leading with disrespect now as opposed to just being courteous, right? Being respectful, having a bit of empathy and compassion, compassion, and just go. And, and, and the irony of that is that we're a country that prides ourselves on our Christian principles, but when things kind of fall out of sorts, we revert back to our primitive selves, and that's how we behave. You should be able to worship or 
vote however you want. Right. And I shouldn't have a problem with that. I don't, I, I don't have to agree with it. Where my issue always comes in, we can have a difference of opinion, and that's not a problem. When right. we have different values, right. and values are basically what's right, what's wrong, what's decent, because everything you have a right to do doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I, uh, so when you talk about having to watch what you say, I'm just like, if you lead with respect and courtesy, everything else is easy. I, uh, you know, Wes and I were out there on the front porch of Nets here talking about this a little earlier. My demeanor has always been aggressive. I'm just that dude, right? Even when I'm not trying to talk at you, I'm talking <laughs> right. at you. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm just this was kinda, a good conversation. And I, uh, you know, Brittany this summer gave me this bracelet that I haven't taken off in eight months. And it says HWLF, he would love first. And in the last year, you know, trying to get back to church right. and realign myself in my faith and just right. kind of, you know, and, and I keep telling myself that, right? He would love first. Like, that's kind of where we all need to right. be right. at this point is understand that people aren't, even in, in our personal relationships, yeah. in our work relationships, in, in uh, the guy that cuts you off in traffic, like, I'm a big, aggressive dude, and I'm absolutely here to fight. If that's right. a decision right. that you want to make, cool, right. I'm here for it. Right. But... Everything about if if you can't look at things today with a little bit of grace, right, and just that's, understand that's that people key. are struggling, right, 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 people are struggling with this stuff. And Everybody's having a bad day, right? right. And that's you know just how you is, have to approach it. This is the first time that we've had adversity, and it didn't bring cohesion. When Katrina happened, there was cohesion. Nine eleven happened, was but with this, because it was turned into a political thing, yeah. It pushed us further and further aside. And if you if you look throughout history, every great empire crumbled from within. No one ever conquered them. The political axe was too much on top of COVID. Right. It was just too damn much. Right. Right. And ultimately, again, I don't. I'm I'm slightly claustrophobic. Wearing a mask is a struggle for me. But if it'll make you comfortable, or or basically. Going into Walmart, they also said no shirt, no shoes, which they don't enforce that a whole lot if you watch them. But anyway, and and people still get up and make this. This is Oklahoma. I mean, it's not Arkansas. So I'm but. just like, I don't know why that was such a trigger point for people. I'm like, how long are you hanging out in Walmart that it's that big a deal? I'm in, I'm out. Right. You know? But it's just, again, the things, like you said, that we, we lack grace in this society. And, it's, and, and so... To your point, you know, I told you that I've been fasting, and that's one of the things that I'm working on, my temperament and my understanding for my fellow man and not because I'm, I'm, I'm witty. Right, right. And I've been blessed to see 53 years, and I also have an understanding that there's always somebody watching you, be it your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your friends. And part of being a leader, part of being the head of your family is that people are watching how you handle a situation. So when, when Alexis was real young and my mom had came to see her and she dropped the F-bomb <laughs> and my mother was like, where did she get that from? And then she's like, actually, I know where she got it from. and got it from you. Why? Because I was the one that drove her to daycare in traffic in the morning right. and I was letting them fly. So I couldn't be mad at my five-year-old kid right. for dropping it. Now, unfortunately, at almost 21, She's a lot more fluent. But you're always proud when your kids learn to cuss properly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, that was just a side note. But anyway, <laughs> to that end, it's us. We, 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 as we were speaking about how the kids were going to handle, 
is accepting our roles in this society as leaders, whether you're male, female, whatever it is, and understand you didn't cut me off because you saw me leave my house and was like, I'm going to catch this guy. Right. And I'm, I'm going to cut, cut him off, off in right. traffic. You made a mistake. In this and, it's, and, it, and it's always, but we, we're so reactionary in this moment, and it has something to do with something that had nothing to do with me. Right. And so when I'm, the, the grace that you're speaking of is for me to not take things personal from an absolute stranger. Did that, did, that didn't, he, didn't leave his, he or she didn't leave their house expecting to encounter me. Right. And what we have to realize is I'm, I want to get back home. Right. I can't let you harm me or allow myself to harm you. That's going to prevent me to get back home. And what, what really the 30 seconds that you delayed me in traffic, is that worth that being on the table? Right. So, again, back to the humanity that you spoke about. If we can just get back to that. Right. Right. And just basic decent neighborly principles. Right. You know what I mean? Because we frown at other parts of the world and call them third world and this, that, and the other because we fancy ourselves to be so evolved in that way. But like I said, when there's the slightest breakdown, it just all goes to hell. So yeah. And there's there's a guy I work with, and he he has a saying. I mean, he's he's kind of half-ass cold, but he just has a saying. Anytime somebody comes to him with a problem, he's like first. Get to eliminate all emotion, which is easy for him. But if you can do that, it you can look at it completely right, different. Right, right. Now, sometimes there's some things that you got to account for, like if somebody's pregnant and they have it, you know, miss some work or whatever. But that's tough. Now, the second thing I was going to say is when you said when you are proud that your kids have learned how to cuss in context. Earlier we were talking about my son Cal. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's never a met him, but I'm a fan. He's a bronc. You can't break him, but you gotta you gotta find a way. Yeah, to keep him on the road, right? So he's four. This little blonde-haired, blue-eyed Tasmanian shit devil storm. He's Tasmanian devil. He comes out into the living room the other day. Me and the wife are watching TV, and we're like, "Hey, go put your pull-up on PJs." <laughs> iPad, fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. This is quiet time. He comes in there butt-ass naked, little dick swinging. What the fuck's going on in here? <laughs> Bro, uh, Brian. What do you do with that? Yeah. What do you do with yeah. that? And he says it like he owns the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You try not to laugh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, see, that's the but tough part. You're like, yeah. damn, what do you do with that? Parenting is hard, right? Because Man. with him, you gotta find a way to like. You can't break him. like the first. Right. I'm like, my father would have beat my ass into the ground. That's the wrong thing to do, right? right? You have to find a way to to keep his ass in the lines right. of the yeah. of the picture. Cal, you can't say what the fuck's going on in here. Right. Yeah. You can say not in the living room. Our, yeah. our, our parents with other weren't people. discussing things with us. They didn't. Be, when you talked about taking the emotion out, our parents could care less Yo, about yeah. our emotion. Beat the shit out of me. Popped they, in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Soap in the mouth. Respecting yes. me as an individual. Right. Like, am I feeding you? I'll tell you the you scariest thing I ever saw as a kid is, I mean, it didn't happen often because my dad was an awesome guy, but he did whoop my ass a couple times. And this was a large man. I mean, he wasn't tall, but he was large. And when this man would pull his belt out, it was all the way out, full extension, come back, do it again. <laughs> oh. 
and come back and get about half another one. I mean, we're talking like a 60-inch waist. And he would pick that thing up, and it would hit the ground, and he would pull it up, fold it in half, and it would still wrap all the way around <laughs> both sides of your ass. Yeah. It was like it was yeah. just a fucking, like, equator around your ass. <laughs> and there's no way you can get away from that. Yeah, part of me feels like those days weren't necessarily terrible. I feel like my father probably went and took a little liberty with that, right? I'm right. a kid that's going to school, you know, knowing that I probably should skip gym class today because I got bruises from head to toe. You can't right. do that to kids anymore, no. right? But man, you know, there's something about, like, my son Deacon drilling around during Christmas and he wants to fight. And I'm like, cool, let's fight. <laughs> right. And he's hit me probably 60 times as hard as he can in his little gut. So right. Gave him a little jab to his stomach and took him down to the ground and put a little weight on him. And right. then all of a sudden his eyes get Just real big. so you know. And he starts kind of, you know, daddy, you know, and Brittany's like, get off, you know, get off that. And I'm like, he needs to understand right. something. Like, this is not yeah. a one-way street right. here. You, you chose like, this path, yeah. son. Like, you're you're gonna, not like, going to beat me up next year. Right. <laughs> I'm going to let you know. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. <laughs> and, and hitting you hard enough that, you know, that your pain reflexes are feeling it, you know. And so he's giving it the business. I just wanted yeah. you to know real quick. Right. This is just, what happens next, right. you right. know. And, like, so you have to learn how to do those things without breaking her little right. spirits, yeah. you know. Because, and yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. You, you know, my father never whipped me in his life. Never had to. He, he had a look. Now, my mother, she was the enforcer. My dad, he would hear about some foolishness I did at school. He called me out on my grandmother's porch. Very calm. He never raised his voice. Barely over a whisper, right. but he had this look, and I was like, "I think you're serious." Yeah. Twenty military guy, your father, twenty years. Yeah, I'm like, I'm certain you've killed people. Oh so yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna roll with. Don't do that anymore. Yes, I absolutely. Am. You know. Yeah. yeah. When, the, see, not, when like the nicest man in the room raises his voice and everybody looks concerned, <laughs> right. right? You know, it's time to be concerned. Now, Dad only whooped my ass like maybe twice when I was young, and then after that, Mom and loser shit and we'd go back there and he'd look at me and he'd get the belt and he'd walk over there and I'd be standing by the bed like fuck here we go <laughs> and he'd look at me and he'd just smile and he'd take his hands and be like cry boy <laughs> I was like yeah That's awesome. That's but cool. man the most the, the, mo the worst that you would ever get punished with dad like man Dude loved a lot of things, but if you came between him and his food or his pitcher of fucking tea that he drank out of, or you got in front of the TV, I mean, he had this, like, hubcap full of shit on the little side table by the lazy boy he sat in. And every day he would wear this eight-to-shit Mickey Mouse T-shirt, his tidy whities and thermal fucking socks. It's just how Dad wrote. He came home, and that's what he wore. He didn't care if the president came by. He was wearing his undies and his socks. He's at home. like, what's up? But he had this fucking little hubcap full of shit, and it had, like, a Vix bottle. Always had a Vix bottle and all kinds of shit. But, man, if you ever, like, grabbed the remote when he was in the kitchen refilling the pitcher of tea and came back, Dude, you would catch a Vicks bottle right in the side of your head. He would, the accuracy was deadly with this man. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. You could be somewhere in the room. You got in front of the TV, is just donk. Whatever he had in that fucking ashtray was coming right at your head. That's Full awesome. Full speed. COVID has prevented us from, you know, gathering with our families as what, like we normally would. You know, I, I would typically have a... A Super Bowl party that was a bit of a knockdown drag out. Really? Because I've never been invited. Ridiculous to one. Didn't, he, did, didn't he start the show talking about what a great friend I? I've yeah. never. Well, I'm sure I got to go to last year. 
first time I was invited, and only because I got off of work that morning at 6 a.m. I could make it, but I made it. Yeah. And it was kind of fun. We can't do it this year, you know? Why not? Like, it's just uh, because of COVID, you know? Like, it just sucks. Why don't we designate a place and do it? Yeah, maybe we'll figure something out. Do a little Sam Mays podcast, Super Bowl watch party. Let's call some friends. Yeah. We got friends. They got friends. Everybody's got friends. Ned let us do is here. I promise you that. I mean, did did Ned ever make it? Ned hasn't made it yet. What is uh, What is the... Well, what we typically do here is talk a little sports. Let's do that. Okay. You want some sports? We we got some sports sports. on you. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to mention... Like, so I said the word sports, and for those watching this on the YouTube channel, you notice that Brian has now started gyrating a little bit because there's so much he wants to say about the Oklahoma he State has Cowboys. Been tapping. Oh yeah. Nervously. Yes. And I'm just feel like when he gets whatever it is out of yes, him. Yes, he's got some things to say. Oh, um it's starting to smell already. He's the, it's on. It's like just I'm let's sorry, just I didn't step mean to whistle in the mic. But let's anyway, step go ahead. back. Let's uh let's take a look at this last weekend real quick. Alabama, uh, Notre Dame. I think we all expected <laughs> Alabama to do exactly that what they did to Notre exactly. Dame. Exactly. Right now, after watching I them with Clemson, you knew it was going to be more of the same when they played Absolutely. Alabama. Alabama got within four touchdowns, or Dame, Notre Dame did, and I was like, hey, good for you. Yeah, they got a shot. That's it. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean look, right. let's be re- real. Notre Dame is a good football team. The reality is they made their way to a bad ACC. Right. Yeah. Right. They and they found Real a way, bad. and to, that was by design because right. they're independent in football, right? Right. Per- but yes. they, they absolutely. Picked, they like, oh, they the ACC is playing. They the ACC ACC play had a down year. I mean, it, they just didn't perform in any bowl. Did they go over? No, I think they went over. Uh, just complete Outside, over. Yeah. So then I mean, you got, now they all wound up in some great games, but right. they all played each other, and we don't know how good they were right. because you know, nobody this, got to go out. This is the dumb luck of college football, too. You know, so they go to play Clemson the first time, and we would have seen this the first time. Clemson would have beat the bricks off Notre Dame. Right. And because Trevor Lawrence is out, and the freshman steps in, by the way, that boy who no one could say his name, 6'6", 250 pounds, runs like a deer. Are you kidding me, Clemson? I watched him on that that Netflix show. QB1? Yeah, and it wasn't about him. Right. It was about the kid that was starting out. I think they ended up at Ohio State. Right. And how he, I think he was a freshman or a sophomore, and he came and took his spot. Crazy. Kids are free. They lose that game. Now Notre Dame's one of the top four teams in the country. Right. Dumb luck put them there. Right. They got their ass to beat. No one's surprised by that. The surprise of the weekend, though, comes with a six-win Ohio State. They come in, and this is, this. look, I do this for a living. I talk sports for a living. And even I am victim of... You went with Clemson, didn't bro, you? Bro, because I'm so yeah. used to what do you right. know? What do we what do we know? Right. We all what were. do we know about Clemson football? We didn't know why Michigan was like, fuck no, I ain't playing them this year. We didn't right. know well, why. Okay, wait, but we found wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. We ain't about to do that. We not about to do that. Michigan didn't play them because ninety percent of Ohio has COVID. We was just like, we're smarter than Right. That. So Clemson shows it nothing up. to do with football. What do we? What do I know about Clemson? I know that they're going to have a running back. They're going to have a couple of receivers. I know they're going to have a defensive line that's going to have four NFL draft picks. Yep. That's what I know about Clemson. And a quarterback that can sling it. That has been the status of Clemson football for the last seven years, essentially. Right. Fast forward to this weekend, and Clemson <laughs> takes the field. And guess what? 
they don't have that defensive line that I expected. Right. Like, I got Lawson, Dobbs, and what Wilkerson, is that what that kid's name yeah. was in the middle? Like, that's the image of Clemson football that right. I have in my brain as far as the defensive line is concerned. And those dudes got worked for four quarters. It looked like when Venables was at OU those last couple of years, <laughs> yeah. and he didn't have the dogs in the front seven. Yeah. Yep. And he's not you. a back-end guy. He's right. a front-end guy. But right. if he doesn't but have those guys to rely on with the blitzes the pass to be rush. able right. to get there. Yeah. Right. But it's, if you watched that game last year, Ohio State, minus a couple of bad calls, would have won that last year as right. well. You know what they did last year, Brian, right. also? Replaced four to five offensive yes. lines. Those dudes are sophomores. Their old line last year was rough. Right, just like Oklahoma's because there were four new guys on. Yeah. Right. What are they going to look like next year? Yeah. With all four of those dudes projected to go in the NFL draft. All five projected to go in the NFL draft. Like, that's what, that's where we got caught messed up. Right. Is we couldn't evaluate the Ohio State offensive line because of the competition they played against. Right. Those dudes are not fucking around. Nah, no. And so they went in there. And, and so now you look at Alabama's defense – this this year, and it's probably. I mean, this is not AJ McCarron's defense. Right. Well, right. Here's another you know? question: Alabama gets to, or not Alabama, Ohio State gets to play eleven games this year. We all saw Fields' numbers through six fucking games. Right. right. I mean, his yards were halfway there, but his touchdowns were right. It wasn't comparable right. to guys that had twice as many yards. I mean, they right. have, you know. 30 touchdowns, and he has 25 I, I think with half to, the yards. Now, I the mean. breaking news today, and I love this, the breaking news today is Ohio State apparently in jeopardy of a COVID situation. I might need to push this game back a week. The first thing I thought when I heard that breaking news was, no, nah, bro. Feels, that dude's got feels some broken ribs. Yeah. Which I'd, every one of us in that situation would have done the exact same thing. Right. Like if I knew as soon as he took yeah, that right. hit absolutely. Right. and finished the game. Oh, absolutely. The narrative of this was he didn't throw a pass till Friday. Yep. He didn't do jack shit till I would just right. be like hot tub, cold tub all fucking day until right. you can walk. Like, I'm, he- I'm here for it. Like, even if they just flat out said, hey, like, they would never do this because of the spirit of competition. But I just know we're going to get a better game in two weeks if that's what happens. Right. Here. Because that yeah. kid, there's no way he's functioning. He took yeah. that hit, and I thought, he's gone. I was surprised to see him clapping right. at the, when the, uh, the trophy Broke, ceremony. absolutely. That was a yeah. tough. Which because also, even that though, touchdown that he threw. Dude, which is a good yeah. sign, though. See, the re- that's a break. When you break, have you broken ribs? Never. Bro, when you break your ribs, you're not doing shit. So the fact that he was in there willingly clapping to me lets me know where he is at mentally. Like, that Ooh. was a natural response that a he had. Hit. Re- to right. clap, and he was able right. to do that. If you break ribs or you have cracked ribs, guess what? You're not doing right. I don't know how that safety didn't break his fucking neck hitting him. Right. I mean, he just straight up lowered his head and speared him right in the fucking side. And I was like, man. So so let me ask you, being former players, so what did they do when they took him to the locker room that got him back out there on the field? He got a shot of tort all right in his ass is what he got. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Because I got one before every fucking game or I wasn't going out there. <laughs> that wasn't until my senior year. Look, I'm using a sick day for a headache, so yeah. I can't imagine that. Yeah, it's my it real bad till late for me. Uh, but I'm sure that they may. The, I mean, the thing about quarterbacks is you didn't really want to give them a whole lot, just from a mental aspect. Right, of it, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that he was clapping maybe it wasn't as bad as we initially thought. Mm-hmm. I so, bet the next day it was. I bet that next day he was bruised from his earlobe down to his hip. Like that was a hit and a half. I'm excited about the national fact championship. He finished. Yeah, yeah. Balls. Like I think right. we've got a. Does, does is Alabama going to win? 
that's who my money's on. That's who I will say is going to win. It's, it's, it's the smart bet. Bro. It is smart. But, but, but that right. fucking defense, they came out and took Clemson's best shot. Took their heart. Well, I'm going to tell you. best I, I, shot and then straight up yes, gave it right game, back to them. The game to smacking the hell out of them. I sent you. I don't know what you saw when I sent you that text. I'm like, Ryan Day is the devil. Oh, yeah. He because, sold his Because Dabo was kind of like, you know, no offense, but yeah. six games. You remember last year when they played Maryland, and he did an onside kick. They're up four touchdowns in the first half. They did an onside kick because I think Chase Young's high school coach was the one that, and he was on Maryland staff. I'm like, Ryan Day is the devil. Right. Devil probably should have just not said anything. Minded the business that he gets paid to mind, which is Clemson, right. and just say whatever the committee does, you know, because he and he got because right. I was I was surprised when they had the ball at with three minutes left that he didn't try to go down and score again. I, I really was because I'm like that. That's the guy that Ryan Day is. He's like, yeah. okay, break it off in him. We we, I mean, we they, only we only played six games. All right, they got right. chip talked all year on them. Yeah, I mean, right. I picked them to be in my Final Four, but instead of Notre Dame, I put Cincinnati in there. Which I would like to see those boys play. That would have been way yeah. more fun than watching I Notre like Dame go out play. and be. Yep. What they are. Like every once in a while, like when you see the rise of Houston yeah. or the rise of a Cincinnati, you got to understand where those kids are coming from. Right. Like you get a whole football team with eighty percent of those kids are from Ohio, from, yeah. or eighty percent of those kids at Houston it's are from like the we're Houston Metroplex. Boise. Those cats are playing. Yeah, this isn't the culmination right. of a Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Right. Like those are two powerhouse areas with nothing but kids that represent those right. cities. Right. And so I, I would like to see Cincinnati get an opportunity at this. I will say this: we probably have the two best teams, two best quarterbacks. In this, in the, I mean, oh, right yeah. now, you know, as far as, uh, in, in, or I mean, two best players, I would say. Right. And then, you know, Devontae one Smith quarterback just wins yeah. might be the best player. The other quarterbacks within the top five best players. Right. But, I mean, hell, it just depends on who you think the best player is. I mean, the best player could be a running back that's on Alabama or right. it might be Trey Sermon if he right. would have been on the whole year. Right. But, it is what it is. Imagine I mean, Alabama Devontae with Waddle. Smith is unbelievable, too. Right. Because the Waddle kid went out. Yeah. Right. Look at that offense. Where's the, where's the, is the Mechie kid still playing? Because, hell, it seemed like he was going off, and then I hadn't seen him. It's like, did we only I throw think, it to Devontae? Yeah, it now? became all things to find. Or did he get hurt? Now that you say that. It's like I mean, they Devontae won like, Heisman because Waddle was hurt. Yeah. It was yeah. Devontae, yeah. Waddle, and Mechie, and then I don't feel like I heard Mechie or Waddle for a minute. Right, maybe they're both but Devontae yeah. was man, going man. off. Well, and then you had Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. And I, honestly, I was more impressed with that cat than any of them. Man, when he jumped that kid and still got another 60 yeah. yards out oh, there. Yeah. And that man yeah. was standing and, up. And that's what I was about to say. He, did, he, he thought the guy either. was going He ducked his head, yeah. but he was standing straight up. Right. He yeah. cleared good. that man. I would have laid there like I had a concussion. If he would have took it to the house that, on that run oh, and not got pushed God. out at the 10, yeah. I mean – that's like that's up there, man. I think that we uh, we'll probably wait to give our score predictions for this game to the next podcast. But I think the three of us would all agree that we have the national championship that we deserve. Yeah, yep. and whether it's this Monday or and, next, and or I'm two hoping weeks, Fields. We found yeah, out who the best team, two teams are. I would agree. Right, I would agree. We're going to find out who the best player is. The uh, the Big Twelve goes five and zero oh during the games. Gotta love. In I, your face. and I was and I was rooting for Tulsa. Right, I, I, the Tulsa had a shot. Uh, I, um, you know, I, in the grand scheme of things, does the Big 12 going 5-0 and during bowl season mean a damn thing? The answer is fuck no. They don't mean anything. But 
It due feels to good. the current, due to the current situation that we have as far as the playoff committee is concerned, and the lack of or the, you know, the fact that I mean, there's dudes that have been have lived the life of football, and there's people that have not on right. that committee. The reality is the outside world is going to play a factor in how these people feel about their college football teams. Right. So should the fact that the OSU or that the Big 12 went 5-0 during bowl games matter as far as next year's Final Four is concerned? The answer is no. But the reality is the conversation surrounding this conference moving into next college football season, every single poll that you see that that does not matter from USA Today to the coaches poll to whatever else, it's going to give this the Big 12 a bit of a boost. Right. Right. They went 5-0 in bowl games. So you've got to be happy for this conference that when we start the season, there's going to be a bit of an advantage. And, and Brian, look, I'm an Oklahoma State guy. I know you are, too. The reality is the Big 12 needs a national championship contender. It needs a real one. And no, no OSU fan wants to talk about yeah. that or admit it. But the fact that we'll take the season next year with Oklahoma in position to actually compete for a title with a conference that has shown you that in Ames, Iowa, they're going to hit you. That in Manhattan, Kansas, they're going to hit you. Go to Stillwater, those boys are going to play. Right. Right. You go down to Waco, guess what? Dave Rand is not fucking around. Right. Like, this conference has got teams that offer a, a group of individuals that will help foster a true national champion. Boys, I'm excited about Big 12 football for the first time in, in 20 years. Since I was on the football field, I'm excited about the product that my conference right. is going to rep- represent the rest of the on world. On both sides. On both sides. Like, I think we're going to have a year next year as far as the Big 12 is concerned. So, do you... Do you and- Wes and I, I kind of we talked about this. Do you think it's the the new rash of coaches coaches that are coming into the conference? Because we're 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 we're, we're in a talent rich area. Absolutely. Um, what is what has been the thing that has separated us from the other conferences? Is Look, it talent or has it been well? Coach, I, I think the thing that's both. Right. I the, mean, the turnover in coaching. Right. And within this conference, and the fact that they've they've attacked, you know, all the social media platforms as long as, or as far as all the other social, you know, recruiting areas. I mean, those guys going out and getting those kids and getting kids to commit to your school, not even being there, just taking virtual visits and signing with the school. I mean, the fact that you can sell a kid on something like that. I mean, you you've got your mind in in. In 2021, you've got your mind in that game already, right. and they're on top of it. They're bringing in these top-level kids, and these new coaches know how to do it, and fresh thinking and fresh minds, right. and it's just it's breeding winning in our conference. And if you look across – I'm sorry, but if right. you look across the NFL, just about every team has a skilled player from the Big, Big 12, 12 right. right? Playing, I mean, what, three of the hottest quarterbacks that we talked about at the end of the season? Came from you, which is so hard for me to say that out loud. But anyway, you know, the skill players are coming. I like what uh, Jim Knowles has done with OSU's defense. He's getting athletes and he's developing those kids. And so when you look at a Texas, they're ranked up there every year, but they're not winning. So right. then it is, is it, are you judging the talent <laughs> wrong or are you just not developing the talent that you get? That question is the biggest conundrum of all time with Texas. I, I think mean, that uh, it's got to be the coaching and not being able to develop the talent because bro, there's so unless much. every single star is wrong on every player they recruit, right? I mean, and maybe they're going after a different caliber of player, you know, as a person, you know, th- maybe the people they're going after is part of the problem. A few thoughts. So, one, the Big Twelve has. The Big 12 went from 
West and I played in the best conference in college football. There was no discussion about it. Period. You had eight of the t- eight of the top thirteen offensive lines in the conference hailed in the Big Twelve. You had Oklahoma and Texas playing for national championships every year. If you went to Manhattan, you're probably going to get fucked up. You went to Stillwater, you were definitely going to get fucked up. You might win, but you're going to get fucked up. Like, the league was tough as nails at that time. Enter Mike Leach. I was about to say. Bro. say that Mike Leach. And Mike Leach starts beating teams that he has no business beating with players that have no business being on the field. And the next thing you know, these coaches start panicking. First one to panic is Matt Brown. Right. Matt panics. Changes his whole offense towards that bullshit and essentially takes every NFL defender that he had on campus and just said, yeah, this isn't your home anymore. We can't work with you. And so what happened is defenders started evaluating the Big 12 for what it is, understanding that I'm going to statistically be at a disadvantage if I come play football there because I'm going to see 30% more snaps. Right. And I'm going to see a quarterback at eight of the ten schools that throws the ball in two seconds. (laughs) So I have no rest. So if you're a D-tackle. So if you're a DT, you, get you can't no go stats there. In the Big if you're a DE, you can't go right. there. If you are an interior offensive lineman, you could probably better go somewhere else, right? But tackles, your tackle come to the Big Twelve. We'll get a bunch of reps. We'll get drafted. Right. Look at the last fifteen years. What's the most drafted position in the Big Twelve? Offensive tackle. So now you look at the last two seasons, three seasons, and Mike Gundy's kind of been this way his whole career. Mike's best with a thousand yard back. Right. Campbell wants a thousand yard back. Herman won a 1,000-yard back. New coach down there. Sarkeesian's right. going to be the same way. He was going 1,000-yard back. Right. Old boy at Kansas State. Kleiman, is, Kleiman might be pound for pound the best coach in this conference. Dead serious. Next to Lincoln Riley, that dude's the truth. Right. He's right. going to bury switcher the shit out of that team. Like, whatever he's got, he's going to give you the business. Whatever Coach Kleiman has on campus, where he is going he to maximize. From? North Dakota State. Dakota. He's got, like, seven championships. No, no, People no, no. Want, uh, where did uh, uh, homeboy at uh, Iowa State, where did he come from? I don't know where Campbell's last job was. He wasn't on a big staff, I don't think. I don't think it was either. I'm, I'm curious to see Campbell, like after Hall leaves, Purdy, he is yeah. what he is. But I'd be real curious to see after those two leave what he can come up with. And if he can recreate right. that again, then I'm willing to move him up in that upper echelon also. There's some dudes in this conference, and they're so, messing I mean, around. He's, I mean, yeah. He's put together defenses up there that can compete with anybody. And, and I mean, there's no th- turning away from that. And he's done it in a three-man front, and he's done it with NFL players that he shouldn't be getting in games Iowa. When they lined up in the Big 12, the, f- the Big 12 championship, the first play of the game, they came up there in that three-man front with that OU offensive line. As a guard, you know especially that oh, is just yeah. chop-licking day. Yeah, I'm not even paying attention. Yeah. He was at Toledo, and then they said uh, – and an assistant at – he was an assistant at – uh, Toledo and then at Bowling Green and Mount Union. Okay. Huh. Yeah, so Mount Union, boy, that's why I grew up watching high school. I watched college football there as a high school kid. Uh, you know, the bottom line is the conference has got some guys. And right. I think this league from a from a X and O standpoint is now offering a brand of football that is viable for five-star DTs right. along with five-star QBs. And so now when you get that balance back, this is what you get, right? right. This conference is growing. So will Oklahoma have a top ten uh, brother in this league? Probably not next year. Right. They probably won't. But what they will have is probably four top 25 or five top 25 teams that are going to be some motherfuckers right. when it comes to, you know, right. like it just, I mean, just how it works. So this league has gotten better. Oklahoma is going to be better moving forward next year. 
2021 is going to offer the Big 12 a true national championship contender, which is exciting times for the Big 12. It's, Moving forward. It's not about who's going to score the most points now. Right. Right. We, right. you got to play a little more football. Right. But, but we do love when we get, and get out there and score the fucking right. points. We love that. But right. not every time you get the ball. Right. you got to win titles. you got to <laughs> win titles. But, but did you notice how many points were being scored in the SEC? This year, yeah, oh, the SEC has turned because they're throwing the. But you, you got to pump your brakes, though. Let's see what happens this year's NFL draft. Okay. See, everybody wants to have that conversation about the SEC. They're scoring a bunch of points. I bet you this month they have the most defensive players drafted in the draft oh, this year. Still, but still those defenses year. are still set up to stop the run. Right, right. Now it doesn't mean that the players aren't there. No, it just means you respect. They the just have a bit to. More. They got to switch their mindset on defense now. Right, right. But so think, you might see a lot of turnover on the defensive side in the SEC. But think about this: when we talk about the SEC, I, I always ask people, how many starting quarterbacks did they have in the NFL? And, and, and take out Cam Newton and Joe Burrow, because these were both guys that played exactly what Joe Burrow couldn't get on the field at Ohio State, and he becomes the man at LSU. It's uh, the kid that's at Miami. He played. He was what at Alabama three years. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, Derek he was at King. Alabama through, for three King years. King was at Houston. He was at Houston. Yeah, Derrick King was at Houston. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm, I, I said it, but he's the, the quarterback for the Dolphins. Tua. Tua. Oh, yeah. Tua. Tua. Yeah. He's the, the, the SEC quarterback in a long time that had actually been Lit in a program. Right. right. And what was crazy, you had all these five-star And he never played a whole at, season. Right, right. And you had all these top-notch receivers at Alabama and LSU, but neither of those schools threw the football because you got Nick Saban and Les Miles that are actually Big Ten guys. Like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham played in the same team. Never knew it. Right, right. Who was their quarterback? Right. Jefferson, was he their quarterback? Who was the quarterback? It was the guy after uh, Blake Bell's twin worst brother. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was on the ball tonight. Yeah. 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 The game, the league is changing. The Big Twelve right. is going to be at the front of this thing. Right. Hopefully, again, you know, everything is reciprocal. Apparently, and it looks like it might go that direction. Right. Right. You know, for this league. Right. But can we can we agree, or are we willing to agree that the conference needs Texas to be good again? Yes. Because 100%. when you when you were when you were talking about when our conference they was the best conference, channel. either OU, which is crazy to me, and they <laughs> got that channel when they were barely playing five hundred football. That's nuts. But when OU in Texas, every year, one of them was playing for a national championship. And then that kind of went away, and now all of a sudden we're considered the worst conference in, in football. Even behind there, some people will say because of Clemson, the ACC. And people even better. started to jump ship, kind of. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Texas wouldn't have bowed their chest up and been assholes when they had really been down. Right. 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 And – Bumped, you know, A and M out. I mean, like we lost. We all got tired of. The, we lost they were Nebraska, the, Missouri. A and M was but the biggest all, bunch of crybitches. But they're you want them in their conference. Right. I mean, but, they're a big. They're a brand. But take outside of the television contract that they're still getting. They're right. not winning. A and M made a comeback this year, but yeah. after those first two years, now when Missouri and A and M first got to the SEC, they Missouri were winning was games. killing. Right, they went to yeah. the conference championship too. Right. Three times? Right. I mean, I think they went back and to back beat like their second and third year. Yes. It was yes. unreal. So, but then it used to be a time if you looked up and down, like, say, Missouri's roster, all those boys were from Missouri. They were from right there in state. You and A&M, y'all jump and go to the SEC. Now you open the door for Les Miles and Nick Saban 
to now they're recruiting your state. Right. Yeah. And so that's the thing. So now, now that's Kansas why I say, City is a little tougher. Right. I mean, you can sneak a guy like Perkins out of there right. once in a while, but if he's, you know, if he's evaluated as what he is now, what he could be, and, right. and you know, I mean, and the thing, it's going to be tougher. To your point, the thing that's going to always be a selling point, no matter what SEC school you are, is we're going to get you in the NFL. Right. Right. What? How long ago was the, the – the draft where the first with five or six players all came from the Big Twelve. Oh, it's a, it's been the, a while. The, the year that Sam Bradford, yeah. right? Uh, Nine, ten. Yeah, Dama. Uh, you know what? What's weird? Gerald McCoy. That was, McCoy. Yeah. that was two decades. Russell Lacombe. Really? No, no. It was a decade. No. Yeah, because Russ. Sam Russell. was 08. That was. Oh yeah, it was officially I mean, two decades. We're in another decade. Yeah, we are. Okay. So 12, it's officially two decades. Yeah. We're getting well, like old. 12 years ago. Oh, smart ass. Right. Get some. Right. Offensive <laughs> lineman is smart, Brian. College. Just because you ran the ball doesn't Listen, mean. Listen, I ain't doing I ain't running nothing. But what position did you play? Point guard. Oh, that's right. What? Yeah. What? I know. I, I've, I've eaten so much. I've gained Look a person since is, I though. You can tell he's a point well, guard. No. I mean, he just comes in wearing sweats. You know, he, he's like, <laughs> oh, I yeah. came from the gym. Hey, Ryan is absolutely a skill player. Like, 100%. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Without a I, doubt. He was totally at, uh, you know, over there at Gold's doing the fucking, I'm going to watch a movie while I'm on the elliptical. You better yes. believe it. With some yoga pants on either yeah, side of me. And then we're going to catch these two fatties for a drink. Yeah. I'm over there yeah. sweating Crisco out. Let Brian, over there sweating. Brian over there sweating out Crystal. That's how it goes. There it is. There it Damn. is. Right there. Hey. All right, we got it. We got to hit it. We try to keep these around an hour, but I've got to. I've got to throw it up there. You know, the conference as a whole looks to be improving here in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State. Interesting story, right? You've got, uh, yeah, you've got Jelani Woods, who, I, in my opinion, is probably a first through third round tight end with the, in the right system. Who has now bet. transferred to Virginia? You've got a a, uh, a your your walk on. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. The is it Wolf? Wolf. The Wolf kid is a walk on captain, and I truly mean this when I say it. So listen to this. There is nothing purer in sports than the heart of a walk on college football player, because the grind and right. the effort that you've got to put forth to be a part of that elite right. team. With none of the resources. You right. can't sit with us at training table. You can't come to tutoring. You got to leave practice, which was five hours long today, and take your ass to your job. You come get the worst part right in your face, yes. and then you go figure it out. And then right. we ignore you. And then you, you come you, back when everybody else is together, like in a rhythm. Right. And they got to try to jump in and catch it. Man, those guys are tough, deal. man. And so when you find a walk-on that earns a scholarship – that bond from walk on to coach, right, is they're unbreakable. Invested. They're invested. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna run through a wall for you, coach. And coach is like, cool, I believe that about you. So I'm gonna give you the scholarship. That kid was a scholarship athlete and a captain this year. Wes, and he entered a transfer portal. After Tylen Wallace and Stoner. And Stoner both they're both going to the NFL. That kid's gonna be the starting slot receiver next year. Stoner captain of the team. For the league. Yeah, Stoner's leaving for the league. I think he had a shot, man. I think he had a shot too. Well, yeah, but I mean, 
So this kid is this kid is a walk. I don't know where he's gonna Dylan get Stone, drafted. Dylan Stone has been there about ten years. He's red shirted twice because he got hurt his freshman year. It so feels what? like he's been there ten years, and I wish him the best of luck. The, the kid is. A he's paid off and I, and fantasy, I love to see, I, fantasy I, a lot for me. <laughs> he was cheap, and he produced. So tell me what is happening in Stillwater, and what and I don't know what like you know I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like jaded about this deal. I've been talking about him for five years. Like, it hasn't been what it should be. It's Oklahoma time State, to address the elephant in, in the, the room, head coaching position. Oklahoma State's been, they have spent more money, built more facilities, done all the right things. And since 2011, it has been a plateau and then a decline. And then a decline. And it's like, I've been talking about it for five years, and now everybody wants to act like, oh, yeah, no, we see some of it. Like, don't see some of it. See all of it. When but Jelani the, Woods and that Wolf kid transfer out, enter the transfer porter, someone tell me what's happening in Stillwater. When a Grayson Boomer transfers out after a red shirt year. He didn't even play. He was hurt. Right. And he saw something that he didn't like. This is one of the highest rated kids you had, especially as a local kid. And one thing you can't do when you're Oklahoma State and you're the second school in the state, you can't lose local kids. Right. Absolutely. You can't, you can't do that. You can't afford to do that. I mean, you don't want to lose any kids, but if you do, you hope it's for a good reason right. that they realize they're not going to get on the field there or in that situation, and so they go somewhere else. Right. But this is good. And again, but with Jelani and we've got guys that were like going that. to start. You, it does not. It's a different feel here. And I think there needs – the culture needs to be addressed more than the awkward – video yeah. weird shit that they did. I mean, right. there needs to be some real change up there, and it's starting to – I mean, when you got guys that aren't playing in the games that look healthy and agitated that they're not in on the sidelines and it wasn't a head injury, right? there's some concerns. Right. There's a lot of concern. And it seemed like that happened a lot. What's, what's that condition where – Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm. Yep, you love your oh, kidnapper. Yeah, OSU fans, we, 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 we're, we're experiencing yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. And I love when people say, well, I remember when we were 0-10-1. And, and my response is, hell, I remember when we were 12-1, and one, and that was closer than the 0-10-1 season. Right. right. And at some point in time, because for me, I'm a very realistic guy because I'm a football fan. We're never going to out-recruit Texas or OU. That's not going to happen. However, when you're developing your talent by year three – those kids are going to be playing yeah. at at least a four-star level. and It's like I watching an OU basketball team. You're not going to have – I mean, every once in a while you'll get a Trey right. Young or whoever, but right. usually it's going to be a Buddy Hill that's a fifth-year, right. fourth-year senior. Right. Right. That's just right. the Absolutely. nature of the game. And so – and I'm not saying – my issue isn't that we're not winning Big 12 championships. My issue is that we're not even getting to play for Big 12 championships. So when I see a Matt Rule – come into the conference, take over a, a Baylor team that was a step away from being SMU, and in three seasons. Right. Turn them into the toughest team right. in college football. Right. The and toughest team in college football. And, for the big, for, and, yeah. and then he walks into an NFL job. Right. I see Matt Campbell come in, and what, in five seasons, he's beat OU twice, and in this season makes it to the Big 12 championship. Chris Kleiman has been in the conference two, two years. Two years. And, twice. Has, and he's 2-0. and oh. yeah. And done it with X's and O's. 
which is how teams them. have to beat them. And right. so he's when, not bringing in four and five states. It's right. the same old Kansas right. State. We're going to beat you with right. Juco make transfers and fifth year seniors. And so at some point in time, and to what I was saying about Texas and their lack of development, when I watch our our guys on offense, I think the truest thing is when you look at look around the league, and there are a, a, a number of Oklahoma State guys on rosters and playing. Tyron Johnson is catching touchdowns with the Chargers. Right. Chris Carson is a starting running back from. The, but you're these guys are either getting drafted low or they're. Yeah. Undrafted free agents, and they're making the starting roster. When Carson was there, I mean, it was the same. It was give that dude the ball more, right? right. And Justice Hill and made him yeah, play Justice better. Justice Hill, yeah, made him play better. And Justice's senior year, it was like yeah. give him the ball right. more, right? But it's just it seems like there's always that problem. They get to the t- upper echelon, and then it's like if We're they're not a quarterback, he holds them back. Well, but even with that. Okay, let's look at uh, since who's, who's our, our next pride and joy at quarterback after Brandon Wheaton, Mason Rudolph. Right. The year that he came out, I'll give you Baker and Lamar Jackson because they're Heisman Trophy winners. But then Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, right, Sam Darnold, all of these go. They don't have Mason's number, but Mason was not developed as a quarterback. The day that Mason Rudolph started his first game or came his first game, Brian and I talked the next day. I don't know if you remember this conversation. And I flat out said to you, Oklahoma State has got a first-round draft pick potential quarterback. Yep. Right. Like, when you see kids for the first time, I said this about Austin Stogner two years ago, his first spring game, I said that's a potential first-round draft pick. Like, it's not hard to see that type of talent. Mason Rudolph was big, tall, physical, had a big arm. And on the other side, we were all like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have a problem. Right. We're watching this kid. And then you watch him go into a sophomore season, which he got better. But after that, it he was this complete plateau. Off. So now when you – and this is the crazy thing about it that confirms what we're saying is Mason Rudolph's biggest developmental issues came over the middle of the field, right, and the, that intermediate pass, even if right. it's towards an out route. 10 yard. Right. Out. So look at every elite receiver, which there was a ton of them that played. I mean, James Washington is his right. dude, right? Look at the knocks of James Washington. Can't, going to, can't needs to expand his route, route tree. tree. Right? Can't run the ball over the middle. Can't catch the ball in the middle of the field. Things. So they, it's a clear systematic issue. They're not developed. Like, I, look, I love Taylor Cornelius. I'm an old offensive lineman. Give me. I want to block for Baker Mayfield. Like I want to block for Taylor Cornelius. Those two guys are the exact same to me. Right. Like in my offensive line brain, there's no difference between Baker. And Taylor, because they're going to give me everything. Right. They might have two different levels of what they can give, but they're going to give me everything, which means I'll go ahead and die for you today. I'm going to make sure you're going to find a way. I'm going right. to make sure you're okay today because I love I loved that mentality of it. There is no way, shape, or fucking form that Taylor Cornelius should be a starting quarterback at Oklahoma State. And the question that OSU fans should have been asking is, how did what happened to we John Kohler? get here. What, what what happened to uh, Kieran Wood T? Dirty pictures. This, you know what I'm saying? Like you got, because these are three and four. These are three and four star recruit group, quarterback recruits. That did, I I watched Kohler get worse from his freshman year. Right. Oh. Like Mike Gundy's a quarterback. He's the quarterback coach. He's the quarterback. On he's a he's a all American caliber quarterback. Someone tell me how the fuck Taylor Cornelius started for a season. People don't want to see it. 
They don't want to see it or understand he it. He was they just your wanna, best. Um, and here's he the thing: this best kid option. was not void of talent. I no, would, not even I a little bit. I would like to see him with another year. I would six, six, he could move. He's a fifth-year senior. Yeah. He's a fifth-year senior. That had not taken a snap. The problem is he only had one year, and it was like he still got. He was still developing. Right. Which was sad, but at the same time, it was like if you're still developing at your fourth or fifth year in college, right? At a D1 school, especially at a quarterback in the Big 12, you know, you you it shows. Wasn't he walk on or some shit? Yes, like yeah, walk on. I mean, kid. it shows. Right. Western Oklahoma. That's what right. it was. Like I love the kid. I love the kid's story. Yeah. But that's what that's that Amarillo. What I'm getting at is there has been almost a decade since 2011. We're talking nine years of what the fuck is happening. Right. And no one wants to acknowledge that. We're not looking at a new problem here. We're looking at an old problem here. When, when Clint Shelf, was it Texas that Clint Shelf beat that was his biggest game of Baylor. his career? Baylor. Yeah, On he beat a top number three Baylor. It was two degrees that day. Yes. Freezing. Clint Shelf finds a way to beat Baylor on ESPN, right? Clint ESPN Shelf. goes to interview Clint Shelf, which is a fucking gold mine. You got this local Oklahoma kid right. has the biggest game of his career, beats a top 10 Baylor team on national television. Of course, you put his ass out there in front and of the he microphone. He wasn't a freshman. Bro, Mike Gundy said, no, I want to do the interview. What, Mike? You got a chance to put this this kid from Ponca City or Enid, this Enid kid on national television because he had the biggest game of his career against Texas or against Baylor and beat a top 10 team. You have a chance to let him take the spotlight and let Oklahoma kids see that this is a chance for me to be a star there in Stillwater. Look, I don't care what you give a shit where you're from. Like that Ethan Downs kid next right. year, I wish him the best of luck in Norman. Hey, homie, that, that's a job. Right. Like, you want to play in Norman, you got to be great. Just because you've got the scholarship don't mean shit. Right. you got to earn that right. And coming from Weatherford, Wes knows this. You better come correct and immediately. There's a chance that he doesn't play in Norman. And Stillwater, if you are a top-tier Oklahoma kid and you're going yeah. to Stillwater, you can be a star like Clint Shelf. Look at him. Put him right. on the damn TV. He said, no, I'll do the interview. That's who Mike Gundy is. That's who he is. That's he's been the it's whole time. Weird. So it's like that dude's not focused on Oklahoma State football. He's focused on Mike Gundy's legacy, which is why he's great in games that don't mean shit. Right. Mike Gundy's going to win every fucking game that doesn't mean shit because it keeps his standard in college football where it needs to be. He's the winningest coach in Oklahoma State history. He should have a statue outside the stadium. We're number, it's OU, Wisconsin, and us, the top three, finishing over 500. Right. And I'm like, great, but we're also finishing third and fourth in the conference right. every year. Right. And, again, I, I'm, I'm a realistic fan, and I, and I am a fan in the truest form. And I'm not saying I'm expecting us to get four and five stars all up and down. And I'm not saying that I expect us to win the Big 12 all the time, but can we at least every about three to four years be in that game? I agree. And that's, that's where my issue – and I see the talent. We are not anyone that's void of talent because, Wes, you said it. Most years, you all on the other side are, are, are a little worried by the time you get to Bedlam because from September to October, we're a problem. That's some about November. That's when you find out how good they are. <laughs> right. Some about November that gets – but we're, we are not void of talent. And at, when, when you're not going to be able to out-recruit – people you've got to have you're going to have to outwork out develop and out coach them and there was a time that that was happening now I, i'm 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 troubled at the fact that they're talking about jim knowles is interviewing at illinois illinois is not even right. a top 50 team and he's considering leaving your program right. i want to know why well here, here's he's the reason got why. why did they get rid of lovey smith it seemed like he was starting to do a little better i, there. I think the problem with jim knowles is is the, the correct 
and respectful thing to do for an assistant that has shown the way that he has shown out this season would have been, you know, that Oklahoma week after that game, you find a way to say, hey, we're going to make this a part of the biggest story in, in college football today. We're going to give you a raise on this Monday right. and let it be a part of this college football season. Apparently, Oklahoma State has not reached out to Jim Knowles about getting any sort of salary raise. So Jim Knowles said, cool, I'll interview with another job, which is exactly what I would have done. Right. Like this you, is his third year, right? Yeah, you got to take care of your people. And if right. you're not going to take care of Jim Knowles is making six, 800000 600000 something like that. Like Jim Knowles is a $1.4 million, $3.0 million DC. If you look at what he did with it, and, and again, he's developed those guys. He's right. going to have guys because he's going to have guys on that squad. Trey Sterling, uh, Kobe Peel, they come back next year, they're going to get drafted. Right. Because that defense, you saw them get better. Yeah. They had some dudes against OU. I mean, right. they well, and, up and if you If you look at the second and third quarter, that looked, that game was really lost in the first, probably the first three series. Right. Yeah, 100%. Two of the 14 of those points was on that defense. Like, and, I, and I told you, I watched what Lincoln did and the, the wrinkles he put in that counter. I'm like, okay, he got him. That third drive was yet another interception thrown in the red zone, and you walk in, just like in the Texas game. After that point, that defense stood up, and oh, you had a problem scoring on them. Oh, yeah. But then offensively, you never got anything going. So you, you, you sit down, Spencer Sanders. You put this freshman out here that is because the way that offensive line was going, I'm like that Statue. freshman going die. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, gonna got, die. he's got a huge brace on right. his knee. I'm like every time he runs, you see the check engine light come on. It just it wasn't going to happen. And then you put Spencer back out. But by the time you do, there's no stopping the bleeding right. at this point. And that even even before Jim knows, our defense has taken a really bad rap about they're the problem. They're the problem. That's why we. Well, they're on the field for almost 100 snaps because this high-potent offense has a right. series of three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. I wish there was a stat where you can pull up to see over the years. How many three from, and outs yeah, the team has had? Yeah. Right. And so, realistically, you can't put up. So, now you have a year where your defense is at par from where your offense used to be and nothing. Right. You got you got nothing. They did, I mean, there were just games where they didn't produce any. If you take away the scores that the defense gave you, you don't win those games. Right. And then after Bedlam, you come out and you say, well, yeah, we got a lot of turnovers, but we got to figure out a way on defense to not give up so many big plays. How about you figure out a way to get some big plays on yeah. offense? But that's also our problem. It's it's big play or nothing. It's a chunk play or it's three and out. And at some point in time, with the, you had going into the season, with shout out to what's the kid that was at Iowa State, the running back, Brees, yeah, that boy played some ball this year. Yeah. But yeah, coming right? into the season, you had the best running back, the best receiver, and potentially one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. And we're today happy about a what did we finish nine and three? Right, nine and three. Which outside looking in, in, in but in a year I where said you, it was a ten win year in a, in a normal season and it would have been. But but in a year but think about this. The last time we got this watch. kind of notoriety was in twenty sixteen, I think it was. We were expected to play to either win or at least play for the conference championship and we tanked three games at home. I'll accept the OU lost that year, but you also lost to I think TCU and Texas Tech at home or 
uh, or Iowa State. On the years where they finally picked nationally, people were picking us yeah. to go to the Final Four. Right. 100%. I, the Texas game was the one game where it looked like we went in with a game plan. We took the – we weren't being conservative and, just, and it, it let them play. You get, get five turnovers and you end up losing. And, and the game shouldn't have went to overtime. You still find a way to push it to overtime. And it seems like after that happened, he was like, okay, now I'm going to go back to my basic philosophy. We go up ten points exactly. and we're downshifting. You should have blew Miami out this year. You had an opportunity to blow them out. You stopped throwing the football. Right. Last or In the bowl game last year against the, an A&M team that we watched finish fifth, you had them beat. You go up ten to sixteen points and then you downshift. You stop trying to score. I don't know what this aversion is that we have from running up the score on anybody but Kansas. Right. It's, it, it baffles me. But it's when an you, issue. When you have an opportunity, again, and so I go back when I tell you that Ryan Day is the devil. Again, the man did an onside kick because he was mad at Maryland. He was beating them by about five, four to five touchdowns and then did an onside kick in the first half. Right. Just to let you know. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get up here. Hey, yeah. Yeah. hey you, need, you need to go ahead and clean up your special teams, right. and I'm going to show you why. Right. Well, like we need a special team. We're coach. not just going to come out here and kick your ass. We're going to teach you something. We're going to be gentlemen about it. Your front line, they turn and run before we kick the ball. We're going to get a free one here. I've got to uh, I got to give Mr. Grace some credit here. I thought that the Oklahoma State conversation was going to be a little oh, more. I saw you trying to trigger me. I, I was trying uh, to. I was tough. trying to. But you know what? I think that the, the one thing that we learned from this podcast is that we'll have to talk to Brian again. Uh, boys, it's been an hour and like 22 minutes. we got to call it a day. Do we? It's maybe yeah. one of the few times I can say I enjoyed talking to Sam. Oh, oh, look at that. I didn't. I take, you know what? That was rude and hurtful. And that was wait, awful. wait, wait, yeah. wait. What, what's in that glass? Water. Uh, this is water, sir. What about that little guy? That is cranberry juice and Red Bull. Yeah. The okay. next time we talk so to So he actually likes you from what we found out. Right. I, I adore that That's man. That's good. The next love time love t- is, is not a strong enough word. The next time we talk to the great one, we will. Uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll have a few beverages. Yes, and that will be far, Which far more. Ask yeah. me those same after questions. After January? Uh, yeah. Is it just January? Yeah. yeah. Just January. Actually, after in, three, in another week. So not next week, week after that. We should do a – here's what we'll do. The next time we have Brian on, let's make it like February 10th or like 8th, and we'll do a Valentine's Day special because, look, if there's anything that Mr. Grayson knows, it's the ladies. That's what you want to do. That's the ladies. And we'll talk about, you know, what we can do to make our Valentine's Day pop. Light a candle. Yes. Mr. Grayson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, thank you so much, man. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me. Wes Simmons. It was a Brian pleasure, Grayson. Sir. Thanks, guys. Awesome time, guys. Later. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.